Well, good morning. Can you hear me okay? There we go. Good morning. Well, if you didn't know, that was Clint's first time being MC, and he just nailed it. <laughs> good job. You know, if you had any questions, any doubts when you woke up this morning about whether or not you would go to church, you made the right choice. Anytime you put God first, you won't lose. Welcome to Life in the Sun. We're glad you're here. I'm Pastor Mark, and welcome to our series called Generation We. Generation We. Yeah, for the last hundred years, sociologists have been giving nicknames to the various generations to describe how unique they are. And I want to share with you just the last five generations. Going back to 1940, we had the baby boomers because of the population boom. Uh, right after World War II, and they were followed by Generation X. They were the first generation to experience personal computers. They were followed by Generation Y, also known as the Millennials, and they're called Millennials because they became adults at the turn of the millennium. How many Millennials in the room? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then came Generation Z, sometimes referred to as iGen, because for most of their lives, they grew up with uh, personal computing devices, like the smartphone, like the iPhone. And then most recently is Generation Alpha. It looks like the sociologists ran out of letters in the alphabet and had to start over. <laughs> I'm guessing, maybe. Anyway, don't give a lot of weight to these descriptions in how you see yourself but at the same time, uh, we can't discount world events and how they have changed the way we live and who we are. You know, the child who grows up with an iPhone in their hand is very different from my father who grew up on Guam when there was no electricity when he was a kid. You know, my daughter, she said, Grandpa, um, there wasn't any refrigeration when you were little. How did you guys keep your food fresh? My dad, he pointed at the front yard. He said, you see that chicken? She said, yeah. He said, that's fresh. <laughs> so there are some differences. Sometimes the media likes to make fun of the older generation, and we don't want to let that rub off on us. But at the same time, um, it cuts both ways. Because there are some cultures that say, if you're younger than me, then your opinion doesn't count as much as mine does. Right? How many of us remember the Korean Airlines crash up at Nimitz Hill? Yeah, a few hands. That was a long time ago, 24 years. You know, after the crash, they recovered the black box. They analyzed the conversation in the cockpit and discovered that one of the younger pilots uh, said to the senior pilot, I think we're too low. And the senior pilot disagreed. But because he was younger and he didn't have seniority, he didn't push the point. And that kind of dynamic in the cockpit turned out to be deadly. The hallmark of God's kingdom is honor. And honor means that you give equal weight and you give value to how everybody thinks, how everybody feels, even if they're younger. You know, whether you're a preteen or a grandma, God knows 
God knows that we're better together. Not perfect, but better. Part of our vision is to honor God. And this is so important because when we do, it shows up in our relationships. It starts at home with husband and wife. And then if you have kids, it spreads to the kids as you honor them. And then as they grow, they pick it up from you and they learn it from you. And it starts in the home, but even if you go further back than that, it starts in our relationship with God. Honoring God is connected to honoring others. You know, if you think about it for a moment, Jesus made that connection, right? He said, love God and love who? And love others. You know, he could have just said, love God. Or he could have just said, love others. But no, he put the two together. Love God and love people. You know, one of the challenges about standing here and speaking is that we have a certain culture in our church. And you know, every culture consists of a set of values. And one of the values in our church is we want to be an example, we want to be a role model of what we teach. Now, how many of you know that's a big challenge? I mean, you can only lead people as far as you yourself have gone. But it's a good challenge because leading pushes us to grow, does it not? You know, how many of us need a little push sometimes? How many of you need a big push sometimes? <laughs> you know, that's one of the benefits of joining special groups. You know, if you're a college student, you sign up to attend a class because you expect that the professor is going to push you to study, right? I mean, on day one, the syllabus comes out. You know, if, if you like physical fitness, or maybe I should say, even if you don't like physical fitness, <laughs> you join the class because you expect that the facilitator and the peer pressure of the group is going to push you to go further and farther than you, do, than you would if you were exercising at home by yourself. If you're in a life group, you expect that the leader of your group is going to push you to develop your relationship with God, to trust God beyond your comfort zone. And so when we stand up here to speak or lead worship, um, it's a good kind of pressure, both ways, for the ones who are leading and everyone else, because we all push each other in a good way, right? Everyone say, push through. Push through, push through is the name of this message. It's also the topic of our scripture. And Generation We is all about how we can do that together. Let's pray. Our Father, you have called us to a new humanity. Lord, another kind of family. Lord, where your spirit of love and grace and unity working in us makes us um, an amazing gathering, an amazing team. Father, I pray that you would renew our minds and the minds of our hearts and impart your wisdom, your knowledge, your values, your convictions within us to be all that you intended, all that you designed us to be in our identity. And Lord, allow us to enter into that and enter into our destiny. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, you ready for the word? Our scripture today comes from Isaiah chapter 40. We'll begin in verse 27. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So in this passage, the writer Isaiah addresses two people, uh, Israel and Jacob. He's actually referring to them to speak to the whole nation. Um, Israel, the, the country, but they all came from Jacob and his 12 sons. It's as if the writer Isaiah is, is speaking to the people of God. And if you read this verse 27 in the New International Version, uh, Isaiah is saying, people of God, why are you complaining? Why are you complaining that God doesn't see what's going on with you? He's not caring about He's not taking care of you. Why? Anybody here ever complain? Am I the only one? <laughs> now think about it for a moment. Just think about one thing that you complain about. I don't want you, don't say it out loud. Just want you to think about it. Take a moment. What is one thing that you complain about? Everyone got one? Okay, by the way, this is not to call you out. Um, I just want to know that I'm not up here alone. <laughs> Everybody got one? Okay, I'm actually going to call myself out. I'm just going to tell on myself. Truth is, I was a complainer. I was a complainer most of my life. Just ask my wife. I'll just tell on myself. And then I read a book called Power in Praise. If you're taking notes, write that down. Power in Praise by a writer by the name of Carruther. And um, I'm going to... I'm going to give you a summary, a synopsis of what that book is about. And I guarantee you, my summary will not do justice to the book. It's a great book. I, I encourage you to get it, uh, download it. You'll have it in 10 minutes. Read it. Um, but I'll just share with you the summary. He, he, he makes the point that, you know, we say God is sovereign. We say God's in control. And we say God is love. And we say God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And then he challenged me as a reader, if you really believe that, if you really believe it, then you should be able to give thanks in every single circumstance of your life because God is going to use it all to work together for good. Now, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances because some circumstances really are bad. It doesn't matter how you look at it. It doesn't matter how you spin it. It's bad. 
So it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances, but it says give thanks in all circumstances. And so there's a verse that actually says that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, there are not too many places in the Bible where it actually says this is God's will period. But this is one of them. And so I took this idea from the book Power and Praise to Heart, and I just decided by faith, if I'm really going to practice what I teach, I need to give thanks. And I just began to do it. I began to give thanks for everything. Everything. I hit a red light. Thank you, Lord. Somebody interrupts me. They show up. I wasn't, no appointment, didn't expect it. Thank you, Lord. This is, I believe now, this is part of your plan. You, you had destined this. You knew this was going to happen. You have a purpose in this. I just give you thanks. You know, there's somebody who rubs you the wrong way. I just began to thank God for that person the way they are now, not how they can be in the future. And just began to thank God. And you know what? As I did that, I began to change. My attitude began to change, my thinking began to change, my feelings began to change, and just joy began to flow. Now, you know, as I said earlier, it's not that, you know, some things, maybe they're really not that bad, some things really are. And we don't want to be in denial, and we don't want to be shallow, and, you know, some things are really bad, but, you know, praise the Lord. You know, some things require that you've got to dig in. You know, you've really got to seek God for wisdom and take a hard look in the mirror and say, God, is there something here that I'm supposed to learn? And open up and just say, Lord, thank you for this situation as difficult as it is. I'm just going to remain here in the tension and I'm going to let you do what you do. You make things work together for good. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I believe that you love me and that you're in control and that you work things together for good. And so although I don't understand it, I'm going to thank you right now. You know, it's not like I said, it's not like we're in denial, but God gave me a new spiritual spin where even in the midst of something difficult, you know, now I could look with expectation and look into the situation and the circumstance and go, okay, God, Let's see what you're going to do. How are you going to work this out? And now I began to look with hope. And, and as I did that, I noticed that joy began to flow, even in the midst of difficult situations. And this is what Isaiah points to in this passage. In verse 28, he says, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar, on, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. And so here, Isaiah is declaring who God is. He declares what God does, as if to say to Israel, as if you didn't notice, 
God is the one who heals people. God is the one who, who, who fixes the broken. God is the one who picks up those who are hurting. And he allows them to keep going further and farther than they would without him. That's who God is. But, in order to experience God, there's something that we have to do. It's found in verse 31. Those who trust in the Lord, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. As I mentioned earlier, that translation is the New Living Translation. It's kind of a combination of a paraphrase and a literal translation. But if you go to the literal translation, the word is actually wait. Some versions actually say that. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And I think wait gets it a little better because this idea of waiting is not a passive thing. The idea of waiting is with an expectation or a trust that God is actually going to do something. And the difficulty with the word trust is that you can't see it. It's invisible. Uh, when someone, um, you know, is trusting, uh, you don't know what they're thinking. You won't really know until you see them act. You can tell by their behavior. When someone is waiting, it demonstrates trust. You know, when my daughters were in college, uh, they were going to school in Portland. Uh, one night, uh, my wife gets a call from Nicole, and uh, she said, Mom, I'm, I'm here at a restaurant, and uh, my cell phone died. And I just realized that my, my bus pass was in my other purse. And so I came into this restaurant to borrow the phone, but it's about to close. And I tried calling Tara, which is her sister, tried calling Tara, but she's not picking up. And so I've got to go out because the restaurant's closed, but would you try getting a hold of Tara and, and have her arrange for me to get a ride, come pick me up and take me back to campus? And so click, she hangs up, she walks out of the restaurant, it's dark, she's in the middle of downtown Portland, which if you saw the news last year, you can get your own perceptions of Portland. <laughs> and she sits on a curb, and she just confidently waits, believing and knowing that although her mom is halfway around the world, she is going to do whatever it takes to make sure a car shows up at this address. And then she just waits, and she rests. And she's expecting, in the appropriate number of minutes, any time now, my ride is going to show up. You know, when you're in a bind, and all your options have run out, stay calm, call mom. <laughs> no, joking aside, when you're in a real bind, and when even your mom can't help you, stay calm and call on God. You know the phone number? The phone number is triple three. Triple three is code for Jeremiah 33.3, which says, call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, when you're in a situation and all your options have run out, or better yet, don't wait until all your options have run out. <laughs> Just go ahead and make the call. Sometimes the wait can be long, 
But just make the call and then watch and wait and see what God will do. Sometimes the wait can be long, but sometimes when the wait is long, I tell you the reward is greater. I know a man who waited a long time. I first met him a couple years ago. He had been through a very difficult time. It was pretty rough. During that season, he began to seek the Lord, and he decided just to be content with God, just waiting on God, no matter how long. Just going to be with God. So during the week, he would come home from work, and he would often take a walk down to the beach, watch the sunset, read the Word, pray, just spend time alone with God. And then he'd walk back to his apartment and get ready for the next day. On Fridays, he went to life group. On Sundays, he came to church. And uh, during that season, God was laying a new foundation in his life. Over a year went by. And this became his weekly habit, just the habit of walking with God. And then one day, as he walked home from the beach, he heard somebody call his name. And it was this beautiful young lady that he knew from life group. And uh, they were having a conversation with the car window rolled down. She pulled over, and that was getting long. They said, why don't we go have coffee at the tea shop up the road? And um, that conversation led to several other conversations over several months where they began to share their hearts and their love for God. And to make a long story short, uh, just two days ago, I had the privilege to be a part of the most beautiful wedding, and that couple is here today. Uh, let's give a round of applause to Rusty and Christelle. <laughs> and I want to ask you guys if you would come on up. And I also want to invite their life group to come on up. And uh, this is kind of a bittersweet thing. Uh, Rusty and Christelle, they flew here for the wedding, and they leave tomorrow. And uh, so come on up, Life Group. We want you to join them. And Angela, could you grab the microphone there on the first row? We'll turn that on. Give time for everybody to work their way up here. Everybody here? Okay. Well, Rusty and Christelle, it was a beautiful wedding. It's uh, been a great joy to get to know you and be a part of what God's doing in your life. And uh, you're leaving tomorrow. We wanted to give you a chance to, we wanted to pray for you and uh, say goodbye. But why don't you tell us where you're going and what's on your heart, and then we'll take a moment to pray. Hello, everyone church family. Um, yes, I was the, uh, the guy Pastor Mark was talking about. Um, I met my beautiful wife, now wife, uh, <laughs> on that road going straight up from Guam Plaza. That's where it happened. Um, we were on our way to Atlanta. Um, I actually moved there last year, and uh, we took it slow, um, getting to know each other a little bit more. Um, took our time. Uh, COVID kind of threw a wrench into things, so, but it was a blessing. It was a definite blessing because it gave us more time to uh, focus on what matters and setting the foundations uh, of marriage and love that uh, we need to uh, be strong. Um, we are absolutely blessed 
Um, every little thing that happens is a blessing, like Pastor Mark said, and like uh, uh, we just heard in the sermon. It's just be thankful. Um, be thankful for what happens because you never know um, what's going to happen later on in the future. Just be thankful yes. for the small things. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We're heading to Atlanta tomorrow, and we're we're excited to start our new adventure together. Well, Angela, come on over. There you go. upon them, Lord, will bring riches and honor to their family. I thank you, Lord, that their children will be taught by the Lord and they will have great peace. I thank you, Lord, that when they struggle in their marriage, Lord, that they bear one another up in love. I thank you, Lord, that um, you chose them. This is your perfect masterpiece, Rusty and Christelle, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that um, they are blessed coming out and going in and that you cover them with your precious blood. I thank you, Lord, that you bless their union and you bless their marriage and you bless their family and that everything they touch, Lord, is established by you. I thank you, Lord, that their hearts are pure, that when you look at them, Lord, that you, we see your glory, we see your hand, we see, Lord, your love that is lavished on them. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, for safe traveling mercies. I pray, Lord, that, um, Rusty, you are, I'm sorry, I'm just going to get back here. Rusty, you are a man of great honor, a man who is um, like David after God's own heart. And God says, stay in that place with me. Stay in that place where even sometimes when there's loneliness, you're never alone, my son. I'm with you. I'm with you to the end of age. When you seek me, you will find me with a pure heart. Thank you, Lord, that this man honors you and that he obeys your word and that he trusts in you and you alone. So God bless you, Rusty. And for Krista, I just thank you. Lord, this woman shared with me, your daughter, just how much she wanted to be a Proverbs 31 wife and mother. And she became one two days ago. And I just thank you, Lord, that your promise is yes and amen for her. You heard her cry, you answered her call, and you gave her a beautiful husband. But Lord, a man who finds a good wife finds a good thing, and this beautiful woman of God is precious in your sight. Lord, you heard her cries. Lord, you heard her laughter. Lord, you heard her, her um, struggles. But Lord, you said the past is gone and you're doing a new thing. So as they embark in this new journey, 
with you, Lord, I thank you that you will bless it and that your word will come to pass over them, that all the days that are written and ordained for their life is going to come to pass. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate that one more time. <laughs> You know, who would have thought that as Rusty was walking in the beautiful garden, tropical garden of Tumanguang, that God would bring the woman to him in her heart. All of this is a way of saying to you, you know, allow yourself to wait on God. And then watch and wait and see what God will do. Because God can amaze you. Even when it's hard, I encourage you to wait in the tension, uh, to wait in the stretching. You know, your faith is like a muscle. You know, you add strain to that muscle and, and it grows. But the thing about the muscle is that it has to move with the whole body. And so the whole body, the whole church, needs to move and walk together, trusting God, stretching our faith, being in that tension of waiting and trusting God for the things that are important to us. You know, there's a million ways to do it, for us to encourage each other, to stretch each other, to push each other. You know, it could be giving your seven-year-old a new privilege or a new responsibility. It could be signing up your teenager for driver's ed. Or maybe it's getting right with somebody and just apologizing. Maybe being teachable, just deciding, you know what, I'm going to learn from that person even though they're younger. Or maybe choosing to learn from someone older. It could be just hanging out, going, spending time with them, and just having lunch together. Generation We is all of us here at Life in the Sun moving forward together in our destiny, experiencing God together. All of us, every age group, all of us are here to honor God and make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. You know, Van is going to share more about that next week, but then the week after that, we have something very special for you. Um, mark it on your calendar, August 22 is Youth Sunday where the entire worship team will be our youngest musical talent and spiritual gifting among us. They've been practicing, they've been waiting, <laughs> and we're looking forward to what God is going to do in them and through them in the years to come. And so this is Generation We, moving forward together, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've brought us into a new family, Lord, a unity because of your presence within us. Lord, you're the common denominator by which we gravitate and live and move and have our being. And so God, allow us to be able to enter into the fullness of all that you designed for us. Lord, stretch our trust. Lord, help us to wait on you and to be renewed and to be able to get up again and to go with greater wisdom and to go further than we would without you. 
And so if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just want to give you a moment to do some personal business with God. Perhaps there's something that he has highlighted in your mind or in your heart that he wants you to take away, maybe to apply. I want, you, I want to give you a moment just to recognize it and get a hold of it in your heart. And just take a moment to respond to God. Just go ahead and do that. Lord, you see every heart. You see our response. Lord, we just invite you to be with us in our situation and show us the way. Enable us to honor you. While your heads are bowed and your eyes closed, I want to address another group that may be here today. There might be some of you who, as you hear me talking about relating to God, you know, that's something you've been thinking about lately. Perhaps you even feel like God's been trying to get your attention. And if that describes you and you would like to experience more of God, just as Clint was talking about earlier, hungering and thirsting, but you've never made a conscious decision or a formal choice to invite God into your life, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. And it's really simple. It's just honoring your decision. God does that. Express it to him, which is what we call prayer. And what I'll do is pray out loud. You can join me. Just pray along inside. God will hear you. But before we pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And if this is something that you would like to do, I, I have a signal, which is if you would simply look up, then when my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if that's something that you'd like to do, go ahead and look up at this time, and then we'll pray together in a moment. there. Very good. Anybody else? If I went too quickly, raise your hand. I don't want to miss anybody. Okay, very good. Let's pray. God, I do sense that you've been getting my attention lately. Um, that's a lot to do with why I'm here today. And I'm making a choice to open up to you and I invite you to come into my life. Lord, I invite your spirit to come into mine. I receive your spirit of forgiveness. And I thank you for what Jesus did for me, forgiving me, Lord, for the things I've done, you know. But I ask you to give me a new start. Lord, I ask that you would show yourself to me and reveal your ways to me. And, and, and allow me to live according to your plan because doing it on my own by myself hasn't been working so well. And so God, I want to I wanna walk, I want to live with you. So I ask that you show yourself to me and make me the kind of person you want me to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's give a hand for the people who prayed that prayer. If you did, I want to invite you to do two things. Uh, number one, we have a gift for you that'll help you develop your relationship with God. Just come on over to this table here. We have a little booklet called One to One. 
It'll help you grow in your relationship with Him. Secondly, tell a friend. Um, chances are uh, your friends that have been talking to you about God, they made the same decision. You can learn together, grow together. We're better together. Amen. Well, have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next Sunday. God bless you. Sensation.